0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aitman is intercepted by Sam Mills.
1: Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, touchdown.
0: for the touchdown by Moore! And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone! Keep pounding on three! One, two, three! Keep Keep pounding!
1: We're back. It's John Ellis, Billy Marshall, another edition of the Roar Podcast right here on Blue Wire. Uh, It is a fascinating turn of events here for the Panthers as they have uh, obviously signed Cam Newton going back to the wishing well. And obviously there were some things in that game besides Cam Newton we're going to get to. But Billy, how are you? What's going on? And your thoughts on the Cam Newton signing to kick things off here?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. So, I mean, the signing itself was – I mean, they had to do it, I guess, because they – you can't go into, you know, a season with Darnold and Walker or whatever. Um, But I just felt like, I mean, it was the right move to make because it was the best option available. And regardless of any nostalgic viewpoints, I think it was – it's without question an upgrade. And I would say that 99.99% of people who follow the game would agree. Um, You know, I have longer term questions about this regime though, because uh, to me, everything at that position has just screamed incompetence for lack of a better term, uh, because you had Cam, you let him walk to sign Bridgewater and you cut Bridgewater to sign to trade for Darnold, so I think this is a question that we will have to tackle in the offseason. I don't want to dampen anyone's mood, uh, but <laughs> right, right. I just I feel like they just have not handled that position correctly, and it just goes I don't know. It, it kind of I've lost a lot of trust in them uh, because of it. And and let me be absolutely clear: this has nothing to do with signing Cam Newton. I mean, that was the right move to make. Um, My issues just go longer term and the direction of what we're kind of witnessing with the guys in charge of this operation.
1: That's a discussion I definitely want to have, no doubt. I mean, because I I go back to the Matt Stafford conversation earlier this offseason and then the Deshaun Watson. uh, And obviously, they are now paying for several quarterbacks (laughs) as we speak. They're paying for Teddy to not jump on fumbles, by the way. They're paying for uh, Darnold to sit the bench, and then the fifth-year option is in play. And now they're paying Cam Newton a pretty healthy chunk of money here uh, to come in for a half a season and try to presumably give them a little more push in terms of the run game and uh, some familiarity, not to mention maybe filling some seats, getting a buzz going. There are a lot of elements to peel back onto this. But let's talk about the game first itself because, as we said at the top of the show, it 's not just about Newton. there are a lot of accolades to throw out there. This was an impressive win, Billy, against a team that you you did a preview with Blake Murphy, and you guys did some great analysis on on both sides. Uh, you and I had talked about this opponent a little bit at the end of our show last week and that they were probably not going to have Kyler Murray, probably not going to have New Copkins, but they still had some formidable backs. They still had you know to this point schemed things up very well with Kingsbury offensively and defensively. Look, with the exception of a couple of games, they were doing a pretty sound job overall against the run. And on the back seven, a very good job. So I'll just open it up to you in terms of the the first seven minutes of that game. What a crazy start. Hassan Reddick, once again, a revenge game for him. We've had revenge games every week, it seems. Gets the strip sack, sets them up on a short field. PJ operates with efficiency. And uh, lo and behold, here comes number one. Here comes Cam Newton, (laughs) just out of a fever dream, it seems, for most fans. And they run the old power right, and he's able to overcome a couple of bad blocks. He puts a couple of linebackers in the dirt, and there's Isaiah Simmons waiting at the pylon, and he's no match. And I've never seen Christian McCaffrey (laughs) celebrate quite the way he did. So let's just turn it over to you. Obviously, if they hit another touchdown there, we'll get to with the sprint option. Well, what did you think about the first opening, maybe seven minutes of that game? It was pretty crazy stuff, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I guess anytime you're playing an opponent on the road, um, you know, an opponent that's 8 1, they're coming off a big road win in their division, you have to start fast. Your 10 point underdogs and your defense, which has been doing a better job of creating turnovers recently, you have to, you know, really kind of. take the onus to the opponent, and I felt like they did that. And it was just a great play by Reddick to beat Humphreys. I'm sure they had a lot of practices together in the desert when they were teammates. And I did a really good job and uh, stripped him, and I thought Fox was actually going to return it for a touchdown, but just got tackled by his ankles there. Uh, And then, yeah, I I thought they did a pretty good – and they executed pretty well there in the red zone. Um, PJ found – McCaffrey on that little Texas angle route, which yeah. I mean, not many people can cover. It's essentially a two way go. I was just really surprised at how Arizona defended McCaffrey. I thought they would put a lot more emphasis on him, given that yeah. that's what the Patriots did and it seemed to work. Um, so I was a little surprised that they're defensive game plan but it worked for carolina and then yeah you had the execution by in the red zone i wouldn't even want to call it execution i thought like four or five players completely like just mess, messed up on that, that spot yeah. um starting from the snap to like the interior just got completely like demolished uh yeah i mean if that's pj walker trying that that's like a five yard loss five
1: yard loss right, uh,
2: right. yeah so i mean just you know to show you that you know, because he stiff-armed. I mean, everyone's like impressed by him running over Isaiah Simmons. I was more impressed than stiff-arming Marcus Golden down. I mean, oh, Golden was no slouch.
1: It was it was sick, Billy. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It was a, Sort of thought back to just quickly interrupt you here. That There was a play in the NFC title game before the the touchdown where Cam had done the somersault over the pylon. That was the more impressive of the two runs because he had had Chris Clemens bearing down on him on a third and long And he carried him about four yards to the sticks and got the first down. And I had a flashback to that play thinking, my goodness, you know, Simmons is there. He's not in a great position. McCaffrey's playing interference there. But, uh, no, you're exactly right. Good point.
2: So, yeah, John, I was – yeah, I mean, good start to the game. And then, you know, from there, I think they got pretty fortunate – Oh, I wouldn't say that. I would say the offense got fortunate with the field position that the defense was able to give them.
1: Yeah.
2: Because the next drive, I believe it was – was the next drive the McCoy interception –
1: uh, no, the next drive, and you know, we'll get to that one as well, but th- th- this was an interesting series for Arizona. They started uh, with pretty good field position at the 33. Oh, yeah, uh, it was a failed
2: fourth down, Failed right? fourth down,
1: yeah, right. So, the, you know, Benjamin yeah, so goes yeah. up the middle, and, and then Bravey and Roy, who just blew shit up on that third down one, and then Jermaine Carter with a great job directing traffic on that sneak, uh, and, and the line just condensed. And, yeah, so, Billy, that, that's what happened there, and that, that was a huge, I think, moment in the game for both teams. Yeah, absolutely, John. I thought that was just a really good moment.
2: But, again, the defense setting up the offense with good field position was the key to this upset, in my opinion.
1: Complementary football. I mean, that's what we've talked about all year. This is what they did not do against the Giants. Uh, and, obviously, last week was the same story. Uh, they, for the most part, played a clean game. There were a couple of turnovers that still concern you a little bit, and you've got to touch on that at some point. But yeah, I mean, when you in the red zone, I think your point a minute ago speaks to again. I don't want to put Newton on a pedestal to the degree that maybe some others do. I, I respect his game. That the jury is still out whether or not he can go the distance here, and and where his arm is. He only had a few reps here, but the red zone has plagued this team at times, especially in the run game. And the juxtaposition between what happened in that Tampa Bay game, Cam's last game here on that Thursday night where they ran the, you know, the end around there to McCaffrey, the direct snap, I think it was, where he was a yard short. um, And I think Hargraves made that tackle. Between that and then what happened here, to your point, Newton, most quarterbacks would have gone down five yards in the backfield. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's as much about his ability as a quarterback as it is Matt Rule's desire to be hard up in the paint, as they say in basketball, to be more physical. And I don't know where this leads, but I know that's a touchdown that a lot of guys can't make. So to your point, yeah, it was not a beautiful play. The snap was bad. You got Elf line in there, back at center. Uh, I thought he played okay, but that was not a good snap. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's putting linebackers on the ground and, and getting to the edge. And after he he stiff armed the backer, he had a nice burst there afterwards. See, there was a nice acceleration to the edge there. And, and then, of course, the second. Series there where they're on a short field again. You know, P.J. comes in. Nice pass to Anderson, who's getting involved now. He's smiling now, Billy. That's good. Uh, McCaffrey gashes them for 11. Uh, direct snap to McCaffrey, but that's overturned. He, he thought maybe he got in the end zone, but he didn't. But, again, that just sets up one more play for Newton to go sprint right option, which Matt Rule had said to Peter King. I know obviously, we know football. It's not, you know, science here. It's a sprint right option play that they ran it. San Francisco back in the 81 title game with Dwight Clark. It was, uh, you've got an option on the flat. You've got a zigzag type of option on the back line there. And you've got a back there in Hubbard who is sort of doing some lead blocking with the sprint protection. So I thought it was a great call. And I thought the throw was really good considering the DB had his back turned uh, and Robbie Anderson back in the end zone scoring in. So uh, before you could turn around, Billy, I mean, this game is only a few minutes old and they're looking at a, two-possession lead at that point. And I think that's where you can have some fun with Phil Snow's defense. Obviously, we've seen this before. We've seen a team build a lead in Carolina, and then they lose it. But if they cannot turn the ball over, if, if they can be clean offensively and run the ball and play action off of that, boy, a 14 nothing lead goes a long way. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was a good way to start the game. Um, Even on the uh... –
2: the McCaffrey Wildcat, That again, that play wasn't supposed to work. It's just McCaffrey's talent shining oh, through because he cut yeah. back all the way across the field and kind of used his burst. I mean, Arizona played that really well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just where, like, if that's Hubbard or Amir, it probably doesn't happen.
1: No, I agree. Um And, and that's going to be fun to watch in terms of if McCaffrey can stay healthy because he looked – Obviously, he had more snaps in this game, and that's the first thing you look at. The second thing you look at is they utilized him, I thought, very well. In terms of those snaps, they played him in a number of ways. They, they had him in the passing game, obviously, out of the backfield. They had him out wide at times. Um, in fact, that one run that Newton had, he was out there wide on Simmons, and it sort of opened up the edge. And I thought Joe Brady called a great game. I think he's been calling good games. And I get back to the point again that, you know, we'll talk defense here. We'll talk more about the matchups in this game and what happened. But Joe Brady has been coming under a lot of fire from people that don't host this show. (laughs) And while we've been fair in the critique at times, I, I thought he called a good game because he understood coming in, look, we've got a great opportunity with PJ Walker to play small ball. Let's keep it safe. Let's emphasized PJ and PJ did a good job with this for the most part. Get the ball out quick, get to your reads quick, play efficient football. Don't bolt out of the pocket when you don't need to. I thought the protection was pretty good too, Billy. I mean for the first time all year, I, I I don't know if it was a matter of, you know, just Cam or, or, or you know PJ or whatever. Or just they just got a better lineup there. I know JJ Watt is out, but they usually get pretty good pressure and I didn't see much of it in that game so I thought Joe Brady called a nice game and I thought the line did a much better job and dude there were some holes in that in that run game that were similar to that Atlanta game so I just I was really impressed by that
2: I agree I thought the offensive line had their best game of the year Taylor Moulton. um he did his job against two really good edge rushers and golden and chandler jones i mean chandler jones was completely quiet this game um not sure what, what was going on there but yeah I, I just felt that the offensive line they played their best game when they had to and uh, maybe moving elf line that center kind of gives them something new i don't know um but i thought he had a good game uh, i know you know that one play where the touchdown by newton obviously doesn't look great but I thought uh, for the most part he did well. And I guess the other thing that I want to point out here is that I'm not sure, like the, the offensive, like the past designs, I, I thought really they, they did a good job of it. But um, this is kind of like a little bit of my worry is that they're just asking the QBs to be a little too conservative with their field vision and they're just looking to the uh, McCaffrey each time. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm just saying, like there there were a couple instances where Walker just completely like didn't, you know, read the field correctly. And I'm not saying he can't read the field. Uh, I'm just saying like he missed like a couple big opportunities to Anderson. I know Ricci on uh, was coming on a deep over out on three by one formation, and then uh, I just hope that you know if once they fully integrate Cam, like this isn't something that's going to be taken away because again, like these receivers are good and these past concepts are pretty, uh, you know, uniquely designed. So we we have to take advantage of it. We can't just always check it down to McCaffrey. I mean, the guy didn't end up in the medical tent. So it's like, um, I'm not sure who's responsible for this, but the coaches have to do a better job, I think, of teaching quarterbacks to, you know, go through the progressions and just don't – I understand turnovers are bad, but – you you want to show some aggression. I mean, this team is still lacking explosive plays on offense. And uh, that's something that needs to change, I feel like, if they want to really uh, make a push for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, this mirrored the Atlanta game in a lot of ways in the fact that they did not have one play over 17 yards. Uh, They had a chunk of plays between 17 and 13 that were their longest plays. And I agree with you. I understand what you're getting at there. I think maybe with P.J., There was probably some overemphasis this week on, look, we've been dealing with a a real shitstorm here in terms of pick sixes, in terms of just absolute bonehead mistakes. So let's dial it back and be extremely cautious, and let's let our defense win. Let's let the running game do its thing. Uh, I know that's not something that you and I necessarily agree with at times, but I know that PJ has a tendency to to get sloppy. Uh, So I think maybe it was in order for this game to be a little more conservative and just just get McCaffrey involved get it done underneath I I agree with you there were some plays on tape I haven't looked at the whole tape yet I've looked at about maybe 30 percent of it and most on just sort of the early downs early game action I I haven't seen what you saw there but I believe it (laughs) I totally believe it um because it's been that way every week so I think hopefully we'll have this conversation here shortly about Newton getting the full rep this week and getting into this Washington game and how they match up. But I I do hope Newton will take – and he did take one shot to Moore, to be fair, and it was a decent throw. Uh, I don't know if you disagree with that. I thought at first maybe it was a little late, a little short, but I'm not going to nitpick. At least he gave his guy a chance, and they drew a foul off it. So that's what you want to see, obviously, with these receivers. But, uh, man, McCaffrey, I know we got to be careful how we use him, Billy because he was in the medical tent, but you just see now him back at full strength, what an asset he is. I mean, that one run he had where they were sort of in a twins look there with two tight ends left, and they had two wide receivers right, and P.J. might have even made a check at the line there on it. And the cut he made, I think Baker made the tackle in the open field, but that cut McCaffrey made to get outside and then up the field, that's pretty rare. I mean, that's, that's some rare stuff, and that's something you don't see from Hubbard yet necessarily with that burst not to mention when you you get a check down to mccaffrey you're pretty much guaranteed to get anywhere between eight to ten yards on top of that um he's physical he's pretty good in pass pro he missed one block in this game i think i saw but yeah i I totally hear you they got to explode at some point offensively it won't be sustainable i think they could they could work this formula into a, a wild card type of role but you'll be going against teams then that are you know putting up 30 40 yard passes um so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story of the first half in a lot of ways. Zane Gonzalez, by the way, just continues to impress Billy. I mean, you you called it. I mean, This guy is money, again, perfect in this game. Got the field goal there before halftime. Um, and once again, these are not easy field goals. These are, you know, 40-plus yarders, which he's been perfect with this year. 23-0 at halftime. Uh, that first half, honestly, particularly the second quarter, you're talking about an 11 11- to three-minute advantage, basically, roughly. Three of six on third downs, zero of three defensively on third downs when you're looking at Arizona. So they had them right where they wanted them. I thought that game was over at halftime, quite honestly. Now, the third quarter is always you if you're Carolina. But they came out. They did some good things. Uh, they obviously held Prater to a field goal there early, and that was big. And then they come right back after that, a rare third-quarter touchdown drive, and Chuba Hubbard – with nobody in sight, by the way. I've never seen so much real estate in my life on some of these runs. Hubbard takes it in from five yards. So um, they get the two-pointer. Good to see Terrace Marshall getting in action. But, Billy, I thought the third quarter was pretty good. I thought they came out. They came out with some intensity offensively. They kept establishing what they were doing. Uh, Any other thoughts on the offense in terms of the general game? And then we're going to get to Cam in a minute.
2: Um. Not really. I mean, it was a pretty – I just think the, the entrance of McCaffrey kind of really allowed their running game to be a little more consistent. And, you know, while they weren't explosive, they did have some longer runs than what they had against Atlanta. Um, you know, Atlanta, I think the longest running back, running back was like nine yards. Uh, you know, they were much more – I think they were doing a better job of creating angles in the run game, um, running back – or me, the offensive line, particularly Taylor Moten who again had, I thought he was the best player in offense on Sunday. Oh, yeah, he was I, good. I thought, yeah. So he, he impressed, you know, creating angles and moving guys in the run game and, you know, just get McCaffrey to the second level and he'll do his job. And, you know, some of those Arizona linebackers, I think that they've invested a lot in that position, but some of those guys, they need to hit the weight room because they just were getting bounced off contact too easily. Um, right. But yeah, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I think this offense, again, I thought the play designs were good, especially in the past game. I'd like to see a little more under center play action. Uh, felt like they were in shotgun a little too much. Uh, so I do want to see some under center play action. Uh, let's, you know, whoever's the quarterback read one to two and then I just, I really want to see just some progression. Uh, by these quarterbacks to really give their receivers chance. I, do, I really want to see that because right now I'm, I'm just, you know, it just seems like they're just relying too much on McCaffrey and I don't think that's a sustainable formula. I'm not saying he sh- you shouldn't be used, especially like on a third down situation, but like if you're throwing the ball in first and second down, I, I really think the best option is to just give your receivers chance and, you know, whether you're reading half field or f- full field um you know i'm not saying it's a difficult and not saying it's an easy thing to do but i just think the development of the offense really relies on the the ability to create explosive plays and the best way to do that is throwing the ball
1: totally got it uh just a quick hit on defense here i don't think there's much to say even though they deserve a lot of credit but i'll give you sort of my two minutes on it here i thought Obviously, when you're going against a Colt McCoy, uh, it's a little different than Kyler Murray, to say the least. Uh, you don't have to rush with uh, a certain amount of discipline there. You can get after him a little more. Uh, obviously, New Hopkins being out uh, is, is never fun. If you're Arizona, that's uh, a player that has given teams nightmares over the years. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, that You look at Shaq Thompson, the energy he has brought, Billy. NFL next-gen stats just had him pegged for the fastest sack of the year. And I know part of that was probably a really bad play on that guard. But, again, credit to him for getting in there. Two quarterback hits, tackle for loss, sack, six combined tackles. They weren't on the field a lot either. So some of these stats are even more impressive considering how little they were on the field. Hassan Reddick, again, just a tremendous asset. Uh, We talked about the great – bargain that was and he hit the quarterback three times forced a fumble sack and a half again uh Morgan Fox got the other half sack Marquise Haynes late in the game got some action so four sacks in that game obviously Dante Jackson sat back uh, is one of the things we talked about in some of my analysis prior to this game with a Colt McCoy situation you know look he's not the worst quarterback in the world I understand he's a serviceable backup But the idea is to get pressure with as few people as possible, sit back, and allow those floater balls to come to you. And it's good to see Carolina this year, at least lately, they're catching these, they're making plays on these. And Dante, once again, making a big play. Um, Linebackers have played well. You mentioned Shaq, I thought Jermaine Carter played a very nice game as well. And then you saw some guys situationally, Gutergo's Mato's in the game. Uh, C.J. Henderson had some reps. Keith Taylor looked solid. Bravian Roy played a good game, I thought. Very good game against the run. And then, you know, you, you guys, like a Brian Burns, th- there's probably some lingering things going on there from an injury perspective. I just have to think. But I, I do think Brian is going to have to continue to understand he's going to get a little attention. Uh, I saw some times where there were some two-man protections on him. But you want to see Brian maybe a little more involved. I can't knock him too hard after what happened last week, but I think he'll – probably have a better week this week, but he was a little quiet in this game. But I thought defensively they did what they had to do. They took the ball away. They stopped the run. They they Billy, they, they, they absolutely throttled the run. I mean, Arizona has been running the ball fairly well throughout the season, and they just totally did not allow it. Uh, what did you see on tape, and how did you come away grading this defense? Um, yeah, I mean, the defense played an A-plus
2: game uh, starting not only up front, but in a secondary. And I mean, John, we mentioned it that Shaq Thompson's return really has solidified them. And they're starting to look like, you know, I mean, they were obviously a good defense when he wasn't there, but now when he is in there, it's it's back to that level that we thought at the beginning of the year, where it's a, you know, maybe a top five, top three unit in the entire league. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I thought they're, I haven't watched all the defensive tape yet. I'm sure you have, but. Uh, you know, from what I was able to see at it, that, it just guys were flying all over like they usually do. But um, you know, being in the right position and really affecting McCoy. And again, McCoy is not—he he, he's not necessarily—he's he, tough to explain. This—he's mobile, but he's not like—he's he, not a statue essentially. Right. Um, but he's also not like Kyler Murray, who can scramble and run around. Um, so the best way to just affect a guy like this is really—you know—get your edge rushers. You know rushing upfield, but you know, have your defensive linemen like really attack, you know, the gaps that they leave vacated. And I thought they did a good job for that. I thought you saw some good interior push. Um, and I didn't really think the Cardinals receivers did much. I mean, AJ Green looked like there was some miscommunication issues with him and McCoy. Um, and yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing is just taking away like the the short passing to the running backs, that was a big thing that they did against the 49ers where they really gashed them. And I think uh, Caroline did a pretty good job of just making sure like Connor and, uh, you know, Benjamin don't really get going. Um, So yeah, good on them for really kind of making sure that the game plan was to limit um, the yards after catch, because that's, that was how they won the previous weeks. And they didn't really allow that this week. They just did a really good job of keying in on those running backs and, you know, playing some good coverage in the back end.
1: No doubt. I think uh, if you look at PFF's metrics, they graded differently, but in total, total pressures, they had 16 as a team in that game. Uh, however you measure it, there's different measurements out there that they were consistently getting. Like they have all year, Billy, maybe with the exception of uh, – I can't think of a game maybe where they hadn't. Um, maybe Dallas, but yeah. Like Redick had four pressures in that game. And Marcus Haynes had three. Brian Burns still had two. Thompson had a couple. Uh, and then you had a bunch of guys with one. I thought Derek Brown played, you know, a pretty decent game as well. He's been good for most of the season. And, uh, and again, I just continue to look at young guys like Keith Taylor. I mean, again, he only had a handful of snaps. In fact, oh, he had 25. That's not bad. And I thought he played pretty well, again, just in terms of coverage. Uh, the safety play I thought was Okay. I think they can still get a little better production there from guys like Chandler and Franklin. But we're nitpicking at that point. Uh, Gilmore obviously did not play a lot, uh, but it looks like he's going to be okay for this week. So we hope so, obviously, because that's a, a fun guy to have. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my thought on the defense, yours too. We'll look at more tape coming up here. The Cam Newton signing—we talked about it at the top of the show—and again, I, I we're, we're going to be fair about this because a lot of shows are just drowning in Newton content. And you know, I'm going to be the first to tell you I'm excited about this uh, for a lot of reasons. It's mostly football. I, I I think there's some iconic stuff here going on and some cultural stuff here from from a fan base standpoint that is very helpful. You're you're going to get more fans back in the seats. You're going to get more energy. Uh, we talked to a couple of players last week on our show on Fox sports upstate and they talked about the energy level in that building just going through the roof and I, I'm I'm just the it, the visual of it Billy at the end where Matt Ruhle, <laughs> Matt rule and and Cam Newton are embracing and talk talking to one another at the end of the day I think like Stanley McClover had said it best John it's a business it's just business money will cure a lot of things and winning will cure a lot of things. And I think had that they lost that game, had it gotten ugly, you, know, they, you wouldn't have seen any sort of embrace or any sort of you know, fanfare that you're seeing now. But from a football perspective, and, and tell me if you disagree with this, I, I don't know where he is in the passing game. I don't. That tape from New England last year was not great, but it was also a little confusing too because there was a lot of stuff going on there out of his control. No question he's regressed a little bit in that department. But I think two things. Number one, he spent a year with Belichick, and I think that's a pretty valuable year of education. I've heard this from other coaches out there as well talking about this, that you spend a year in that system. You don't just learn offense from McDaniels. You have conversations with Bill about coverages and schemes and how to be a better quarterback through that. I think he takes a little bit of that with him. People are making this big deal now. He looks like a better leader. He's a different Cam. No, he's not. He's always been this way. He's always been very vocal and very helpful to his teammates. He hasn't changed in that regard. But in terms of the schematics, how do you think Joe Brady will incorporate Cam into what he likes to do? Because I, I, I tell me if I'm wrong. I think what Joe likes to do historically is a little different from what they tailored here in terms of what Mike Shula, Rob Chudzinski, even North Turner did to a degree. I've maintained, try to go back to a little bit of what the design was with the 2008 stuff. Just continue to give him multiple looks and sort of a West Coast type of passing game and then run that mesh point run game with McCaffrey, which can be lethal. Am I wrong to be a little excited about this And if I am, tell me where I should step back a little bit.
2: Um, No, I don't think you're wrong to be excited about it. I just – I feel like my expectations right now are a little more tempered for, like, the potential for this offense. I just want to see, like, competency, if that makes sense. Sure. And and right now, like, they're – you know, in most metrics, they're, like, one of the worst offenses in the league. So if they can just go from, like, worse to, like, below average to average – I think that'll make a world of difference. And I think the best way to do that is just to keep everything simple. Uh, You know, and I think defenses will probably pick up on it eventually, but then by that point you might have, you'll expand the playbook. And I think the biggest thing they have to do is just to incorporate a lot of the concepts that we've already seen them do, Uh, you know, QB power, some read option, Mm -hmm. uh, sprint option. Um, You know, he's got to get the timing right on some of these quick game concepts. But, you know, as far as, like, the entire playbook, I don't expect that to be implemented, nor should it. Uh, And, again, this just goes goes back to my point. Like, if you had Newton here for, you know, 20 months ago and he's still going through the offense, I think he'll be in a better place. But that's not here nor there. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, I I think it's – if this offense can just get to, like, a – 16 to 18 like production range whatever metric you look at then yeah that, that'll really just kind of elevate the entire team and make them much more complete in all areas
1: yeah i agree i don't think it needs to be a total scheme change and maybe i overstated there and i'm glad i got your perspective i, I do think you're right i actually spoke with doug Ferrar last week on on my talk show about this and, and doug and i and you have talked about this on our pod and you're right you nailed it on the head just like doug did they've been running this stuff with Darnold, you know, in terms of red zone package, they they, they, the read option stuff has been fairly effective. So I don't think there's much change there. Um, I think, yeah, right. Keep it simple because, you know, Newton is a good athlete, you know, get him involved in the running game. He's still very good in that department. He was excellent last year in that department Had 12 touchdowns ran, uh, ran with authority. The foot looks just fine. You know, the shoulder, I'm a little tired of talking about it, to be honest. I mean, everybody's got an opinion on it. I think it's pretty clear that when you sustain that kind of injury, uh, you're going to eventually have some wear and tear and some regression with it. I just don't know if that's going to happen right away. I think that's sort of a you know, three- or four-year window here. But I, I, my expectations are, look, let's enjoy this. I, I think a lot of fans needed a lift here just to see Cam back, some energy back. I mean, I saw McCaffrey celebrating on that touchdown run by Newton. Dude, I've never seen McCaffrey celebrate like that in my life. I mean, it just goes to the point where you can guy can come back into the building whether he's been here before or not. And, you know, some of these guys that are playing with him now are, are guys that obviously probably watched him play while they were in high school. And they look up to him and they see him as see him as a the guy they like. I mean, we Cam is very well respected among players. You know that among pundits or even some coaches out there or some front office guys. Remember that conversation we had with Jordan Rodriguez last summer, Billy, where she said, hey, you know, there's front office people that have been chirping about Cam. It's not just the media. So, yeah, I just think it's interesting that that the securitist path they've taken, Billy, that's what's frustrating, though, on the flip side. They're spending a lot of money right now on quarterbacks, and two of them aren't playing. One of them is playing for Denver. Uh, It's just a long route to travel. I give them credit, and I think you have to to a degree for – for being sort of okay with saying, look, we think we might have screwed up. And Cam actually coming back and saying, okay, that sounds good. Now give me some guaranteed money. That's kind of how that thing went down from what I'm hearing. It wasn't necessarily that the Panthers need to feel embarrassed about this. I don't think it's the fact that you know they're admitting a mistake. It's childish to talk about it that way. They needed a quarterback. They screwed up. They found one available. I said all last week, I said, I never saw this happening. And this is before it happened. But I said, it makes sense from a football perspective. Because we know he can at least manage an offense. He's a veteran. He can run the ball. And he can at least make you competitive enough to where this defensive performance, as you see, have some more value for you this year. You can actually – No, know, I agree. They're in the playoff race. I just. I mean, they're, they're no, there. I don't like to say they're going to go far, but they're, they're there. And I'm fascinated to see what happens next. But – just my my final thought on it is i i just i think they need to get more disciplined in terms of roster building. They they have to, especially quarterback. I love that Cam's back. I don't know if this is going to last past this year. I don't. We'll see. I i tend to think they might just see it as a band-aid because, you know, hey look, we need somebody now right now to help us push for the playoffs. They have been all in on that all year Billy. That's why they got Gilmore. That's why they've been aggressive in free agency. But I don't know, man. I just, I just think at the quarterback position they've had their chances to get some good guys and, and now we're here mid-season <laughs> with a losing record and they signed Cam Newton. So, I love it and then I scratch my head at it at the same time.
2: No, I totally agree. It's a band-aid over a larger symptom with this organization right now. Uh, you know, I won't, yeah, it's tough to really give kind of gloomy thoughts especially after such a big win but, you know, Cam Newton does not deserve to be used in this sort of light. In What I mean by that is let's not forget everything that this organization has done prior to the last week, um, all the bad moves, especially at the quarterback position. And to me, they're just like completely all over the place. It just looks chaotic from giving Bridgewater that big deal to shipping him off and paying him. Uh, to go to Denver and then training for Donald and guaranteeing his fifth year option. I just want everyone to understand, like let's not lose sight that this organization just 20 months ago, they've done all of that. So it's going to be really tough for them to rebuild that trust, especially with me. And if anyone feels differently, that's you know their prerogative. But right now I, I really want to believe in them and they've given me no reason to. And I think, you know, the, while the signing of Newton was a great move in the short term, I just really hope that they can just become a little more consistent. And I'm, I've always say that, and I always preface that, you know, when they make decisions, but uh, to me, that they, they've been off a lot more than they've been right.
1: Right. And they, here's the thing. They, they gave him starter money, Billy. I mean, and that's, Part of I think the negotiation there that went into this with Newton obviously feeling very scorned when this went down, and rightfully so to a degree, it was not a pretty breakup. He felt misled there 's two sides to every story we 're not going to relitigate that, but we had to revisit it to a certain degree. Four and a half million guaranteed its signing uh, with the potential to make up the ten million from what I understand so it 's not a small chunk of change there i mean it 's a one year thing. My sources tell me they tried to go two years with it. Both sides did, but ultimately it just didn't work that way. Um, So, yeah, I I think I I get where you're coming from. I think fans just want to feel happy about this team after all the years they've been through of just bad performances and bad quarterbacking and and even Newton down the stretch getting hurt and not playing at his best. But there is an element to this that I'm glad you brought up that they – there has to be a little bit of caution exercised in terms of the decisions that are being made here all the way from the top. And I'll just say this again. I know everybody's riding high right now. I get it. But David Tepper really pretty much was in a bidding war with Dave Gettleman and John Mara for Matt Rule at the end of the day. Matt Rule was a coach that had proven nothing on this level. So I respect Rule as a coach, but I still have my doubts as to how he'll compare favorably to other coaches around the NFL. Meanwhile, he's making the seventh highest salary. Whatever, not my money, not my problem. Then you, first thing you do basically as this head coach is you decide you want Teddy Bridgewater. That was done before the ink was on the paper. And the decision to let Newton go, I'm sure came with a lot of thought. I don't know if they decided right off the bat, but it happened. It left a lot of people very sour about the situation. But then they overextend, Billy. That's what I don't like. They overextend financially for Bridgewater. They overextend financially for Darnold, not only in terms of the fifth-year option, but giving up compensation for one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And now they're sitting in a position where, to me, I like Cam a lot, but they're paying him a nice chunk for this amount of time, rest of the season, to bring him back in. And you can't tell me there's not some PR stuff involved here with this. And I get it. I understand it. It was nice. He only played a handful of snaps. So it was great theater. It was a great emotional lift, I think. But that stuff wears down if you don't keep winning. So he's got a game coming up here against a Washington defense that got a lot better last week. Ron Rivera knows everything about Cam Newton. (laughs) I mean, nobody knows this guy better. Um, And you got to think it's going to be a much tougher test for Cam... Being, you know, getting all the snaps. I I just think people need to be cautious because it it feels good right now. Great win on the road. But to your point, competency is what they need right now. It doesn't need to be fancy. Doesn't need to be extravagant. Get in the middle portion, middle chunk of that offensive group in the league. You know, average maybe 25 points a game would be nice because your defense is averaging less than 20 right now, which is almost unheard of this day and age. I keep coming back to that. Billy used to be that giving up maybe 20 points a game was like, oh, you're pretty average. No, if you give up 20 points a game now, you're you're pretty damn good. So I I agree with you in that regard. Just be cautious here, fans. You know, fan however you want to fan. Enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the visuals, the excitement, the energy. I think there's better chemistry now. I think it's fun to do this. But it's a very rare thing to get remarried after two years – of divorce. And it was not a pretty one. So I just think we got to be careful here. I still have concerns about how invested rule is on this. I I really think this was ownership driven. I really think this was about Steve Drummond, who is the right hand man of Dave Tepper. My understanding from John Alexander, we talked to him the day the story broke. He broke the news, by the way, along with a couple of others, that Fitter was not in the meeting with Cam initially, which read into that what you will. But at the end of the day, you know, how will rule mesh with cam he already said in his press conference about the the penalty cam got the first play of the game He's like i told him not to do that well you know okay i got it probably wasn't smart i didn't know that was a penalty after you you exit the end zone but whatever i can see matt's point he's he's not going to give cam the latitude ron did is what i'm telling you i think you know what i mean by that and um it'll be interesting to see if that becomes a problem but he's not going to play you know limited snaps anymore he's the full-time starter and uh Billy, they've got to produce because the defense is just too good to waste this year. Panthers fans, football is back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Panthers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of those awful service fees that the other ticket services charge, which lets them guarantee the best pricing on all of their tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. It's a great time to be a Panthers fan. Cam Newton is back in the building. The defense is playing lights out. Get over to TickPick.com slash roar right now to save 10% on your first order of Panthers tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash roar.
2: You know, and this is just back to my point. It's We've been talking about those final four games for you know months, and you know, I just think it's really unfair to Cam to put all the expectation and all of their playoff hopes or whatever you want to say into those final four games, because you're facing three elite defenses and yeah. you're going to Buffalo and it's going to be probably less than 20 degrees. It's going to be cold. And to me, it just doesn't seem fair that a guy, you know, has to learn an offense within a month to a month and a half and then be expected to win, you know, at least, two of those games if they want to remain in contention and so i just you know this is get back to my point that i don't know what they're doing and i just the trust factor with this regime in front office has uh, dissipated in, in my eyes and again other people can have their own views but i, I that's kind of like where i'll leave it i don't want to continue to belabor this point uh, i i feel like i have stronger feelings that I want to express, but because they won and the vibes are pretty good right now, I'm just going to leave it at that. And hopefully things take care of itself. But if they don't then you know I'll be on this show kind of
1: <laughs> getting my thoughts much more Billy, um, Billy, uh, looking for the seats for from some of the I mean you look you've been right most of the year. The three and oh start you were the first guy on that CJ Henderson pod to say, "All right, look, they they started, or at one point last year had a three and zero run, and look how that ended." And I'll say this: I think it's a, it's good to be excited. It's also good to understand reality. And I I think you're spot on here. It's just enjoy what happened. It was a big win against Arizona. It was a fun win. It was a it's sort of a surreal fever dream type of week for a lot of people. I, I give the organization, like I said, credit for for making what I think was a smart football move in the moment in the moment, separate this from Darnold and, and, and all this Teddy in the moment, this was the right football decision to make. I'm stunned that they actually had the nerve to do it. I'm stunned that Newton said yes. Um, But I think that just shows you that quite honestly, Newton, you said, you know, you feel bad. This is on his plate. I, I get what you're getting at there, but it seemed to me, he, he weighed all his options here, and he looked and said, okay, you know what, something about this appeals to me. And it's a challenge for him. But I think fans need to understand, you know, look, if, if Newton does struggle down the stretch in December, he, you're still playing behind a very inconsistent line. He's only had a few weeks here to get up to speed on a new system. So just understand that that's going to be part of it. I, I think they might have a better chance to compete now than they did with Sam. But with Sam oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. My my issue isn't that at all. I, I agree 100 percent
2: right. My issue though is people putting these expectations on them to suddenly like you know go into Buffalo and win, go into New Orleans oh, and yeah. win, going to Tampa that's, to win. Like I, I don't think those are fair expectations, and that's just trying to what I'm getting at is because they've completely like mishandled this position, you're putting those expectations on cam because this team i guess for whatever reason really wants to make the playoffs this year and i mean they're currently you know the six or seven seed but that's just that's my point it's like i'm not trying to already come up with excuses for Newton. i'm not doing that i'm just saying that because they've completely like dropped the ball for so many months on this position and yes it's clearly an upgrade i'm not denying that my issue though is what expectations are being put on him, and how will that affect the rest of the season into
1: the off season? That's all. Totally get it. No, I'm with you on there, buddy. We're 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 hand in hand on that one because this is a long view we have to take at what's going on here. This was sold as a, a three four year kind of rebuild, and in year two, well, year one and a half really now, they're making moves like with Gilmore and 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 trading assets away for guys like Darnold that suggest that suggested, hey, you know we feel like these are guys that can help us make a playoff push. Now you start three and O things get a little jaded. I think things get a little confusing for fans. It looks good, but then you really know when you peel it back, there's some issues offensively. Um, I, I, to me, I just, I'm enjoying the fact that, and I think you agree with me totally that they, they have an opportunity now to maybe not win many of these games in December, but you talk about high leverage. I mean, you want to be in a position to where you're competing after December 1st with games that mean something to you and them. You don't want to be sitting there as the, you know, Johnny Go Lucky spoiler douchebag coming into a stadium and you're like, "Oh, well we're, you know, we're 6 and 10 or we're 5 and 11 or whatever and we're just kind of just playing for pride here." This team eventually needs to be in situations late in seasons where they have something to play for not just knocking off the other team or not just thinking about draft position from a fan perspective. So long-term you're right. They got to start really looking at how they operate pro personnel wise because they've made some decisions that are honestly just egregious. And the quarterback position, it's, it's funny to me that that bringing Cam Newton back after cutting him probably is the best one of the best pro personnel moves they've made <laughs> in the past two years. And it's just ironic that that's the case, but – We'll see what happens. Washington's a good team, Billy. I mean, they are not playing great football all season long here. They've had some stumbles. But whenever you can, you know, dominate Tom Brady and the Bucks, Heineke looked pretty good. Just some initial thoughts on Washington. I don't know. You've probably looked at a little bit of tape on what they do. You're familiar with Scott Turner. You've talked to him before. So have I. And uh, we know Ron very well in his operation. So where is this team? Obviously, Chase Young is out. That's a big one. But uh, how do you see this team matching up with Carolina?
2: yeah i think montez sweat is also going to be out um, oh, wow. but okay. I mean, they're actually their two best players on defense this year have come from the interior with deron Payne and jonathan allen jonathan allen i don't know why this guy doesn't get more hype i mean he's like an elite player i mean you watch that game against tampa he's taking that's a good offensive line especially in the interior with marpet and jensen and he was taking it to them and Uh, You know, the best way to beat Brady is to affect the interior of the pocket. And this guy was winning like within one to two seconds. And uh, that's going to be an issue for this offensive line next week. Uh, You know, we talked about Javon Hargrave and how we could impact. Jonathan Allen is like much better than Hargrave with all due respect to Hargrave. Um, But yeah, no, this defense, I think they're like, I think like early in the year when they were struggling, um, they just had a lot of communication issues in their secondary and they just weren't kind of playing assignment football. Um, Now that, you know, they've kind of cleaned up those issues or just simplifying things for the guys in the back end and, uh, you know, just really allowing their front four to get to work. And,
1: uh,
2: you know, I was listening to, you know, some people who cover the team and they think that, you know, at times Young and Sweat would freelance because they wanted to get their own production. They weren't really playing within the scheme as well, which I don't know. I haven't really watched a tape to, You know, confirm that, but it's interesting that, you know, they didn't really miss a beat after Chase Young went out of the game. We went out of the game in like the second quarter, uh, and they still pressured Brady pretty well. Um, So, yeah, no, this is, uh, I mean, offensively, I mean, we know what they do. It's it's an offense that we're very familiar with. Uh, They got a strong running game. I'm probably more concerned about that running game than I am about their passing game. I think Gibson's a strong runner. They got the, you know, a very good offensive line, especially in the interior with Schweister and Scherf. Uh, and uh, Brouillier, the center, um, you know, the tackles are okay, but, you know, it's going to come down to how well they uh, kind of move the ball. And it's uh, an opportunity for the defense to – excuse me, the offense to uh, continue to improve, and uh, we'll see how they do.
1: Okay, well, we're going to do a Washington-Carolina preview, of course. Uh, Billy and I will line that up for you guys later this week. And, Billy, just last thought, who thought we'd be seeing in the year 2021 – at least at the start of the season, a a big game at home, Cam Newton against Taylor Heineke with Ron Rivera in the house. It's just you can't script this nonsense up any better. It's just a, a, an unbelievable season, and and not just here. Just quickly around the league, Billy, you can't predict a damn thing anymore. It's just so hard. I mean, there've been teams that started fast. You think they're rock solid. And, and, you know, the Pittsburgh ties with Detroit and the Chargers have been on a skid here. I think we'll talk about Joe Lombardi another day. I've had some thoughts about that. I know you do too. But uh, always good to talk with you, Billy. And, uh, folks, you can always subscribe to the Roar Podcast on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, anywhere you want to find it. Billy, enjoyed it, man. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. We'll see you next time, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile